This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Now we're going to come to a conclusion. We've been talking about refuse defeat. <laughs> refuse defeat. This is part five. We conclude our session on talking about refusing defeat. So it says in Psalms 144, verse 1, it says, Blessed, blessed be God, my mountain. Blessed be God, my mountain, who trains me to fight fair and well. You go, Christians fight? The Bible says God's given us armor, a helmet of salvation, shield of faith, sword of the spirit, breastplate of righteousness, our loins girded with truth. These boots that are, 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 you know, that we're shod with for peace. And they got these cleats on them and gives us traction. So, yeah, Christians are supposed to fight, not each other, but against the powers of darkness that try to come against us. And anyhow, we don't need to give in to defeat. We really don't. So he says here, blessed be God, my mountain, who trains me to fight fair and well. He's the bedrock on which I stand. The castle in which I live, my rescuing night, the high crag where I run for dear life, while he lays my enemies low. I wonder why you care, God. Why do you bother with us at all? All we are is a puff of air. We're like shadows in the campfire. He cares for us because he created us in his very image. And he loves us. He genuinely loves us. The same way we love our own children, but a whole lot more. But a whole lot more. Well, listen to what it says here in Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 1. It says, sometime later, the Moabites and the Ammonites, accompanied by the Meunites, joined forces to make war on Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat was a king. He was king over all of God's people, you know, the Israelites and, and uh, the uh, people who had learned and grown up with the love of God and with his instructions and all. But Jehoshaphat was over them all. And it says here, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Minyanites, they joined forces to make war on Jehoshaphat. They're going to destroy Jehoshaphat, you know. And all of his people. Jehoshaphat received this intelligence report. It says a huge force is on the way from beyond the Dead Sea to fight you. There's no time to waste. They're already at Hazazan Tamar, the oasis in, in Jedi. says, so shaken, Jehoshaphat did the wisest thing he could have done. He prayed. He went to God for help, and he ordered a nationwide fast. The country of Judah, you remember what Judah means? It means praise, very significant, you know. And it says the country of Judah united in seeking God's help. That's what we all need to do. Lots of times is to unite, to seek God's help, to seek his help. They came from all the cities of Judah to pray to God. And then Jehoshaphat, he took a position before the assembled people of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of God in front of the new courtyard. And he said, Oh God, God of our ancestors. You remember these three tribes are, and thousands and thousands of people are coming to destroy them. Oh God, God of our ancestors, are you not God in heaven above and ruler of all, 100%, all kingdoms below? You hold all, 100%, you hold all power and might in your fist. No one stands a chance against you. And didn't you make the natives of this land leave? Now, this is something worth remembering because we'll touch on this in a few minutes. He says, and didn't you make the natives in this land where we're at right now, 
Didn't you make the natives of this land leave as you brought your people Israel in? Turning it over permanently to your people? Now they're coming here and threatening to destroy us and wipe us out of this land. The descendants of Abraham, your friends. They have lived here. They built a holy house of worship to honor you. Saying, when the worst happens, whether war or flood or disease or famine, and we take our place before this temple, we build this temple to come and to worship you and to seek your face. We know you are personally present in this place. Our ever-present God. And we pray out our pain and trouble. We know that you will listen and give victory. Now, do you prefer victory or do you prefer defeat? Three of you. Okay, that's awesome. Three of you want victory. What do the rest of y'all want? Oh, you want victory too. Okay, awesome. So we're going to refuse defeat. I'm talking about defeat in, in health issues. Defeat in financial issues, relational issues, mental issues, emotional issues. You know, I'm not going to accept defeat. I want victory that God Almighty promises us, you know. I'll tell you a secret. Praise, it genuinely does. It speeds victory along into our life when we're praisers. This is just the way it is. But if you're a complainer, it slows victory down. And if you're a complainer, it often brings victory to a halt. And it don't quite make it to you if you're a complainer. But if you are a praiser, it speeds up victory to your life. Genuinely, it just does. Psalms 46 verse 1 in the Message Bible, it says, God is a safe place to hide, ready to help you when you need it. When you need him, he's ready to help you. We stand fearless at the cliff edge of doom, courageous in sea, storm, and earthquake, before the rush and the roar of oceans, the tremors that shift mountains. Wow. We don't have to be fearful. We can be courageous and fearless in these difficulties when you know God's there with you. And I'm going to tell you again, remember, write it down, make a note of it. To praise God will change things in your life like nothing else you can do. Complain and you get very few victories creeping into your life when you're just a complainer. But when you become a praiser of Almighty God, it will change things in your life. This is what he says here in verse 10. I really like the way this words it. In the Message Bible, it says, step out of the traffic. You ever get caught up in traffic? Y'all love traffic? Nobody likes traffic, I don't think, you know. Except people who make cars, you know, I suppose. But not just the traffic of automobiles, just the traffic of life. The busyness and all the affairs of life. And this is God talking he says, step out of the traffic, exclamation mark. Get along with me. That's what he's saying here. Step out of the traffic. Get along with me. Have some time just with me. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. This is God talking. Get out of the traffic, all the busyness, you know, and take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above Everything. What percentage is everything? He says above 100% of what's on this world here, you know. So he's saying, you know, take a long, loving, loving look at me. Above all the political stuff that's going on. Above 100% of everything. Put your focus on me is what God is telling us. And here in Psalms uh, 22, verse 3, it says, But thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the complaints of Israel, your people. Wait a minute. Is there a difference? It says, O thou that inhabitest the what? The praises of Israel. Or you could say you inhabit, which means you move in, you live in the, not the complaints, but you live in the praises of Israel. You live in the praises of your people. When you begin to praise, God shows up. He is 
right there, smack dab in the middle. When you begin to praise him, he inhabits, he lives there. God lives in our praises, not in our complaints. How many of y'all love hearing your kids complain? And God don't really care about it either, you know. But he loves it when they praise him, not complaining. In Psalms 100 verse 1, we, we read this last week, so I'm giving you a wee bit of a review of some of it. But it says, on your feet now, applaud God. Do y'all see that? <laughs> on your feet now and applaud God. Have you ever applauded God before? God who sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us to wash our sins away, to write our names in a book of life, who's given us the abundance of all things. That's what he says right here. This is awesome. This is fantastic. And, and it's okay to do that in church. You know that, right? To applaud. That's, oh, I thought that was more for like ball games and all. Well, I think what God has done for us is more important than what a ball game did for us, you know? So he says there on your feet now and applaud God, bring a, a gift of laughter. And listen to what it says here in uh, Psalms 24, verse 8. It says, who is the king of glory? Does anybody know who that might be? Yeah, Jesus is the king. He's the king of kings. He's the king of glory. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible. Where? In battle. That, mean, that word mean, invincible means he's incapable of being conquered. He's incapable of being defeated or subdued. The Lord who is invincible in battle. Is it okay that, that we, you know, sound like applause, sounds a little kind of like a, what cheerleaders or something might do on a ball field. Is that okay to do that? Well, give me a J. Give me an e. e. Give me an S. S. Give me a U. U. Give me an S. S. What do you got? Jesus. What did you say? Jesus. Who loves you? Jesus. Who forgives you? Jesus. Who do you love? Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. And you can give him another applause. He is the one who said, I'm going to prepare a place for you in heaven, and I'm going to come back, and you're going to spend eternity with me. And we're here for a season, but we are passing through, as the Bible says, but we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Oh, we're going to stay here as long as he wants us to, but we thank him that he's given us a place called heaven to go to. Aren't you glad of that? Absolutely. You know? And listen to what he says here over in uh, Psalms 100, again, verse 2. It says, sing yourselves into his presence. You mean I can sing myself into the presence of God? You can sing praises and, and you'll end up into the presence of God. God inhabits you. He inhabits the praises of his people. God loves that. So he says here, sing yourselves into his presence. But you can never complain yourself into his presence. God will go, oh, that's it. I love hearing that complaint. No, you'll never hear God say that. But he loves to hear his children when they're praising him. There's a song and uh, we used to do years ago. It goes like this. His praise fills the temple. His peace fills my heart. His love and his mercy he doth wonderfully impart. Oh, the blessed name of Jesus brought me freedom from sin. Now his praise fills the temple, and his spirit dwells within. Now, where is this temple? Yeah, it's not this building. Your Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is praise filling the temple? Praise for God or is complaint filling the temple? 
Think about that because when praise fills the temple, it changes things. You want the miraculous to, to be released into your life? You want to be open and, and receiving the supernatural of the Almighty God? And supernatural is not something spooky. It's just like the natural that comes in a super way, you know? It's just fantastic. It's like getting better quicker than you ever thought you would. Uh, answers to your prayers coming your way, you know. That's what I'm talking about. Well, Psalms 100 verse 4 says, and uh, we did talk about this a wee bit. I'll see if you remember it. Enter with the password. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That's the password to the presence of God. If you want to get into the presence of God, praise and, and gratitude, the, the thank you, that's the password that you can enter into almighty God's presence. And he says, enter, the, enter with the password, thank you, and make yourselves at home. How do we make ourselves at home? Talking praise. You don't have to just sing all your praise. You can just talk your praise. Instead of singing, if you can just tell him what you're thankful for, for a beautiful day today. You can sing it, or you can say, Thank you, God, for this beautiful day. Thank you that spring is right around the corner. Oh, the sky was so blue and the birds sounded so nice. Have you ever thanked God? Have you ever praised him for what he's doing? You know, praising him is really, really important. And praise is different than what a lot of people say. To say, praise the Lord, that is not praise. You know, praise is a command. Where it says praise the Lord, it's just like, okay, how? With my hands lifted up or with the guitar, with the keyboard, you know? Do I, do I praise him? Yeah. How? And, and, and where? And for what? You know, because praise is a command for us. Like, I'm a teacher. Now, let's just say you come next week, and I stand up here and I go, I teach. I teach. I teach you. Am I teaching you anything? No way. And by saying, I praise you, Lord, I praise you, I praise you, Lord, I, I praise you. And God goes, for what? You know, just saying I teach is like saying to the dog, fetch the stick. I don't want you just to listen to me say, fetch the stick, fetch. I want you to go and fetch the stick, you know. And praise is praising God for what he has done and praising him for who he is, you know. And you can praise him with instruments and you can lift your voice to him. But you're praising him for your family and for your loved ones and, and for whatever he has done for you. See, praise is declaring those kinds of things, not just saying praise you, praise you, praise you. That's not praise at all. Genuinely, it is not. Like, uh, you ever praise somebody in your family for a job well done? You know, if I can tell my wife, boy, that was a fantastic meal. Or that soup you made the other day, oh, it was just out of this world. That would be praise, would it not? What if I just walked around in the house and said, I praise you, honey. I praise you. Is that much praise? I don't think so. And it's not much praise to God either. But he says here, make yourselves at home. How? Talking praise or singing it. Uh, thank him. Worship him. Isaiah 43 verse 21 says, this people I have formed for myself. This is God talking. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. They shall declare what I have done and who I am and what I'll do for other people, you know. And during praise, we really do take our eyes off of people and our problems. And during praise, we put our focus upon God and, and, and his power and his promises. That's what praise does. We get our focus in the right place, you know. Um, in Psalms 34, verse 1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. Now, what percentage would all be? Wow. That means it don't give any room for complaining. I will praise the Lord at all times, you know, even when it's a sacrifice. I don't really feel like praising God, I just got a flat tire. And I don't even feel like praising him. Then you discover later on that flat tire kept you from being up there a minute or two earlier where there was a terrible car accident. And then you go, praise you, almighty God, for watching after me. 
Do you know what I'm saying? In the midst of things, God is watching after us. And he says it right here in his word. I will praise the Lord at all times, even when it is a sacrifice. I will constantly. Now, what percentage of, 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 of that word, what percentage is, is constantly? It'd be 100%. It's all the time. It's always. I will constantly speak his praise. Not only sing his praise, but I'll speak his praise. And then kind of wraps up our little bit of a little review mixed in here. It says in Isaiah 61 verse 3, given to them, this is what God does, given to them beauty for ashes. We trade our ashes of our old dreams that are, are, are gone. We trade the ashes of our life, and God gives us beauty. And the oil of joy for all of our sorrow and our mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness is always pulling us down. And, and we trade that, that spirit of heaviness in, and God gives us a garment, and it's called praise. And you put on the garment when you begin to praise God. And if you ain't praising him, you ain't got no garment on. You know, other than just that spirit of heaviness that's just pulling you down, 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 down. Now, when we have trained, trained, we will not fear. Or we're not going to run from the battle when we have trained. Training is very, very important. The Bible talks about we have the armor and we need to train with the armor. Not It don't scare the enemy of our soul, I got armor in the closet. Ooh. So what? But when we've trained how to use the armor, ooh, we can accomplish something. So it's really, um, the way you would understand is we're to be more like the Marines. I know a very special Marine who's very dear to us, and we understand the Marines, we've studied it, and we've sought them out, and we find out that... Uh, the Marines are the guys and gals who run toward the battle when everybody else is running away from it. And what about you and I in this battle we have in the heavenlies, you know, the, the, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit of wickedness and all that the Bible talks about. Do we run? The Bible says when we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, the devil flees from us. So we need to train how I'm going to tell you something. If, if you train how to be a praiser, the devil will flee from you. If you train, you learn some songs. You sing your own songs. You sing your own. The, 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 the heart just sings its prayers to God. It praises in words or in song. And you, you practice that. So you can praise him at any point in time. You're training because that's part of our armor. Praise is part of our armor. Picking back over here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 10, it says, And now it's happened. Men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, they've shown up. You didn't let Israel touch them. You remember when I said, remember something? These, these uh, natives have been thrown out of this land, and the land had been given to God's people, and it was because of their behavior and all those kinds of things. We're picking back up and talking about those same people. You didn't let Israel touch these people who God put out of the land when we got here at first. We detoured around them, and we didn't lay a hand on them. We didn't hurt them. And now they've come to kick us out of the country. They said they were coming to fight us, not just to kick us out of the country, but to destroy us. Kicking us, they want to kick us out of the country. You gave us. Oh, dear God, won't you take care of them? Or help us before this vandal horde, these barbarians ready to attack us. We don't know what to do. We're looking to you. We don't know what to do. We're looking to you. Have you ever found a situation in your life when you didn't know what to do? Best thing to do is to look to him. We don't know what to do. We're looking to you. Verse 13 says, everyone in Judah was there. Little children, wives, sons, all present and attentive to God. Attentive. 
Yes, sir. You got my undivided attention. It's a fantastic thing when we get out of the traffic and we're attentive to God. And we're just spending time with God alone. He says in verse 14, Then Jehaziel was moved by the Spirit of God to speak from the midst of the congregation. Jehaziel was the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mathaniah, the Levite of the Asaph clan. And he said, attention, everyone, all of you from out of the town, out of town, all of you from Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, God's word. Here comes God's word from this holy man. Don't be afraid. Don't pay any mind to this vandal horde. These barbarians that are coming in to fight you, you know. This is God's war. Oh, not yours. Tomorrow you'll go after them. See, they're already on their way up the slopes of Ziz. This is a minute. Interesting. God has revealed where the enemy is at and what their plan is. There's going to be no surprise attacks because God's telling his people, what's going on? Where they're going to be? What they're going to do? And God says, y'all just, y'all hang around and watch. This is my battle, and I'm going to take care of it for you. He says, you'll meet them at the end of the ravine near the wilderness of Jeruel. You won't have to lift a hand in this battle. Just stand firm. That means with your armor on. Just stand firm, Judah and Jerusalem, and watch God's saving work for you take shape. Don't be afraid. Don't waver. March out boldly tomorrow. God is with you. He is ever present. And with God, you are a majority. You and God make a majority, you know. Verse 18 says, and then Jehoshaphat, he knelt down. Jehoshaphat, he knelt down, he he bowed his face to the ground before God. Here is a king. Usually other people bow down to kings. But it says here that Joshua knelt down, bowing with his face to the ground. All Judah and Jerusalem did the same thing, worshiping God. The Levites both Korathites and Korahites, he says here, stood to their feet to praise God. Some were bowing and worshiping. Some had stood and were praising the God of Israel. And they praised at the, what's that say? Of their what? They praised at the top of their lungs. They did this very loudly. They were not ashamed. They praised God for who he was and for what he had done. Now, over here in Hebrews chapter 13, and we're going to come right back there to Second uh, Chronicles 20. But in Hebrews 13, 15, it says, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. You might not feel like doing it. It might be raining. It might be snowing. You might have a flat tire. Something may not be really suiting you well, but it still merits us to praise him because God inhabits those praises and that's where his miraculous power is released. Let us continue offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So imagine when other people maybe took a, a basket of fruit. Here's this wonderful fruit I'm, I'm offering to you as a sacrifice, God. And God's saying, The fruit of your lips is what I'm looking for. And when you praise him, the fruit of your lips is a sacrifice that well pleases almighty God. So let's learn to praise our way to victory. I'm telling you, this is a biblical principle to praise your way to victory. You can complain your way into defeat if you prefer, but I'd rather praise my way to victory, you know? When things aren't going our way, when our our enemies that comes against any area of our life is coming near, 
What, what is your tendency to complain or to praise? If you're quiet, it means you probably know, but the answer you know is probably not the best one. When everything can go wrong, it's going wrong, our tendency is to operate in the natural and to complain. But it's supernatural to praise. And it's the supernatural is what we want. You can complain yourself into defeat if you want to, you know, or you can praise yourself into victory. Supernatural to praise Almighty God. He says here, picking up in verse 20, 2 Chronicles 20, 20, it says, they were, er- they were up early in the morning, ready to march into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they were leaving, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, Listen, Judah and Jerusalem, listen to what I have to say. Believe firmly in God, your God, not just a God. Believe firmly in God, your God, and your lives will be firm. You can stand firm and and, and you can hold your ground by believing in God, your God. And he says, and then popping over for just a moment to Ephesians 6.13, it says, Put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And see, the armor of God that we read about in Ephesians 6, and it lists all the armor in Ephesians 6, 10 on down through there, uh, around through verse 18. But here when he's talking about this armor, oh man, the, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, The garment of praise is part of our armor. If you don't have on the garment of praise, you know, you're being pulled down by that spirit of heaviness, just pulling us down, down, down. I just kind of feeling down today, you know. Put on the garment of praise. Put on your armor is what I'm talking about. He says here, Put on, Ephesians 6.30, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to do what? Resist the enemy in the time of evil. The Bible says to resist. Submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. The devil will flee from you. And then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. After the battle. Going back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Looking at verse 20, the latter part of that, it says, believe in your prophets and you'll come out where? On top. Means you're going to succeed. Believe your prophets. And right here, there's books of the prophets. And, 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 and prophets have spoke throughout this book here. And there may be some prophets in this day and time who are speaking to you, God's word. And they're not like flaky or kooky or something because there's some of those out there as well. But men and women who've got a hold of God and they, they know his word and they, they speak on behalf of almighty God. Picking up in verse 21, 2 Chronicles twenty twenty one says, after talking it over with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir. For who? For the people to listen to. Right? No. After talking with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir for God. Dressed in holy robes. Let me tell you. Our holy robes are the garments of praise. That's the robes that are holy. That's the robes that really changes things. And he says right here, this is what these guys were doing. After talking it over with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir For God, for God, here goes the choir out in front of the army. The soldiers with swords and spears and and armor on going to fight. And and Jehoshaphat, the king, said, I want y'all to send all the people who can sing. Send them out in the front. I mean, how would you like if we were really in a a major war right now in our own country? We'd go, listen, get the worship team and put them out in front of us. Let them be our shield, okay? Okay. And we're going to come along behind them. I don't know if they would agree to that too much or not, using them as a shield. They're going to get hit 
first, it would seem like. But after talking it over with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir for a God dressed in holy robes. Then they, they were to march ahead of the troops, singing, give thanks to God. His love never quits. They're singing, that's part of the song. They were, they were going to be in front of the troops who are armed and ready for battle. And these guys are out there just worshiping God. They're singing to God. They're praising God. They're a choir for God, not just for the people, but they're out there worshiping God. And God inhabits the praises of his people. God shows up on the scene there. That's what he's telling us here. Psalms 28 verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield from every, what? Every danger. Now, what percentage is every? The Lord is my strength, my shield from every 100% danger. I trust in him and all my, with all my heart, he helps me and my heart is filled with joy. You know what? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. If the devil can steal your joy, <laughs> you lose your strength. But God restores it to us. He says he helps me and my heart is filled with joy and I, I burst out. In songs of thanksgiving. Have you ever burst out singing? Maybe like when you're in the shower or something. It's like you just burst out singing, you know? Uh, uh, Burst out in songs of thanksgiving. We've got a lot. We've got a lot. We've got a lot to be thankful for. We've got so much, 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 so much to be thankful for. Can you ever tell God thank you enough for all he's ever done for you? It's just so much we can't remember it all. But you burst out. But you're a praiser. You're learning that that's where the supernatural kicks in. And you're burst out and just praising him and thanking him for all that he has done and all that he will do. Do you remember the Israelites? when They were coming out of the Egypt and they're on their way to the promised land. And there was a city there that was kind of in their way and that opposed them. And God told them, I want y'all just to go march around the, the walls of this city. Anybody remember where that city was? Jericho. And for several days, they just marched around the walls. Big walls. Thick, massive walls. Big cities. I mean, the Israelites were up to a couple million people. You know, and they're marching around the city. And then God told them at a certain time, I want your priest to blow these big old long ram horns. And then I want everybody who's walking around quiet right now, I want y'all to praise. I want you to shout. I want you to sing. And God inhabits that. Does anybody remember what happened to the walls of Jericho? The Bible says they fell down flat. Not just a little hole popped in it, but the walls, all four walls just went. And it was very obvious, hey, this wasn't no accident, you know. But God was the one who took your walls down because of their praise. See, you can praise yourself into victory. You genuinely can. And uh, if you want to access the power of the almighty God, put on the garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. See, praise him. God inhabits those praise. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, in everything. Now, what percentage is everything? In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ for you. If, if you go, well, how do I get into God's will? I've been kind of out of God's will. And I really begin to give him thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. The quickest way to get in God's will is to begin to thank him and to begin to praise him because he inhabits that. And this is the will of God for you, for every one of you. He says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Going back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, it says, as soon, as soon, 
Jehoshaphat and all of his people, as soon as they started shouting and praying, as soon, not the next day, some people ain't going to sing or shout or praise until they see something. See, faith begins to praise because you believe God and then you will see something. As soon as they started, as soon as they just started shouting and praising God, he set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, their enemies. And as they were attacking Judah, and, and they all ended up, what? All of, all of the bad guys, they ended up dead. Uh, the, the Ammonites and the Moabites mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and, and massacred them. Now, they've been traveling for weeks to get here. They've been camping together. They've been having their meals together. They've been training together. And they mistakenly three, uh, they mistakenly started killing each other off. And it says, then further confused. Does anybody know where confusion comes from? It does come from the devil. It says it in 1 Corinthians 14. 33, it says, for God is not the author of confusion, but he's the author of peace. The devil is the author of confusion. You got confusion in your household? You don't want that. You want to seek almighty God. You want his will. You want to begin to thank him and praise him and let peace move in. And he says here, then further confused, they went at each other. See, two of the, the, the armies killed one of the armies, and then they started going against each other, and all ended up, this sounds like a southerner would say it this way, they all ended up killed. It's the same thing as the other ones ended up dead. This is the evil warriors who were coming against Jehoshaphat and God's people. As Judah came up over the rise, looking into the wilderness for the horde of the barbarians, they're supposed to be here somewhere, they looked on a killing field of dead bodies, not a living soul, not one living soul among them. Verse 25 says, when Jehoshaphat and his people came to carry off the plunder, all this plunder that was left behind because all the people are dead, they found more loot than they could carry off. Equipment and clothing and valuables, it took three days to cart it away. And on the fourth day, they came together at the Valley of Blessing. Baraka, and bless God. That's how it got the name, Valley of Blessing. Verse 27, Jehoshaphat then led all. He led 100% all the men of Judah and Jerusalem back to Jerusalem. An exuberant, a lively, an excited, an enthusiastic, a high-spirited parade. An exuberant parade. God had given them joyful relief from their enemies. Could you ever use a little joyful relief? I think so. When things are kind of going crazy, a little confused, when the enemy of your soul is bombarding you in whatever way he's doing, relational, financial, physical, emotional, you know, I could use some relief. I could use some joyful relief. What he's talking about here. God had given them joyful relief from their enemy. They entered Jerusalem and then they came to the temple of God with all the instruments of the band playing. You mean they hadn't had enough of singing and praising out there on the battlefield? Not at all. This has become a lifestyle for these guys. And they came in and they begin to worship. That's what he's telling us here. They begin uh, with the instruments of the band playing. Praise and thanksgiving. Verse 29 says, And when the surrounding kingdoms got word that God had fought Israel's enemies, the fear of God descended on them. Jehoshaphat heard no more from them. As long as Jehoshaphat reigned, and see, Jehoshaphat learned to be a praiser, not a complainer. He learned to seek God. And as long as Jehoshaphat... 
As long as he reigned, it says peace reigned. As long as he was in control of God's people, peace reigned because he had obeyed God. And they sent the praisers out in the front of the battle. He became a praiser. And they did not give in to complaining about the situation. They just praised God in the midst of it all. They praised their way to victory. And this is something, biblically, you can praise your way to victory as well, if you want to. Or you can just complain yourself into defeat. But I, I believe you, you do better off if you refuse defeat. It says here in Romans chapter 8, Verse 31, so what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? Nobody Nobody could ever stand against you if God is standing with you. For God, verse 32, God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. What's his name? Jesus. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, for for 100% of us, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. And if you're reading this book, you'll find out God has a lot to give. And if he's given us his son, who died on the cross and shed his blood to wash our sins away, who rose from the dead, if he's given us Jesus, there ain't nothing else that valuable. There ain't nothing God's going to withhold from you when you learn how to pray and you learn how to praise. But if, if you're learning just from the people around you how to complain, you will not speed into any victory. If you're a complainer, you'll probably give in to defeat. That's just the way. You're going to have to make your choice. Well, Martin Luther had a dream in which he stood on the day of judgment before God himself. And Satan was there to accuse him. And when Satan opened his books full of accusations, he pointed to transgression after transgression, you know, sin after sin of which Luther had, was guilty. As the proceedings went on in this dream, Luther's heart sunk in despair. And then he remembered the cross of Christ. And turning to Satan, he said, there is one entry which you have not made, Satan. And the devil retorted, And what is that? And Luther said, it is this, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. And the devil will accuse you and bring up your past of the areas where you have let God down and you have failed in. But you got to remember, it says it right here in 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from every sin. And you and I, we need to begin to, to uh, practice the disciplines of God's word. We need to practice praising. We need to practice praying. We need to practice, you know, uh, reading and studying and fellowship. All the principles that are found right here, the men and women who practice, whether they're in a military position, whatever it is that you do, for, when you practice it, you know, Doctors have a practice, you know, and the more they practice, the better they get. And the more you and I practice praising God, the better we'll get at it. And we will praise ourselves into victory. We will praise and God will inhabit. He'll move into the praises of his people and it will be life changing for you. That is, if you want to apply those things to your life. You don't have to. You don't have to, but you can. There's another song, I don't know if you know it, but if you do, you can kind of sing a little piece along with me and we'll close here. And it was called uh, The Prayer in the Desert. It goes, I will bring praise, I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice, I will declare, God is my victory and he is here. This is my prayer in the battle when triumph is still on its way. I am a conqueror and co-heir with Christ. So firm on his promise I'll stand. I will bring praise. I will bring praise. No weapon formed against me shall remain. I will rejoice. 
I will declare God is my victory and he is here. See, that is a fantastic song that many more contemporary churches sing in this day and time as they've learned what the, the Bible says and they understand the messages in Second Chronicles chapter 20. It's the praisers. No weapon's going to form against you. No weapon can succeed against you. you. You bring victory into your life by praise. It's part of your armor. You don't have to give in to defeat. You can refuse defeat. I ain't going to complain. I ain't going to give the devil an opportunity to come in against me. I'm going to be a praiser. And we got something to praise God for. Do we not? Absolutely. Well, what I'd like to do, our time is away from us, but I'd like to pray for us right now that you would reaffirm your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether you're here or whether you're at home or you're in a library or a motel somewhere, wherever you're watching from, or whether you're watching this archive or you're watching it live, it don't matter. But I'd like you to pray with me to reaffirm your faith in Christ. And for those who are not sure if you're right with God or not, I want you to declare your faith with us here, maybe for the very first time. So would you bow your heads and, and uh, my wife, Susan, would you come up here and join me? So as we bow our heads, I'd ask you to reaffirm your faith or to declare your faith for the very first time, wherever you happen to be. And I would challenge you to pray this out loud. Would you join me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And he gave his life for me. And he gave his life for me. When he died on that cross. When he died on that cross. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And welcome Jesus inside. And welcome Jesus. As my Savior, as my Savior, as my Lord, as my Lord, and as my soon coming King, and as my soon coming King, teach me, Almighty God, teach me, Almighty God, and help me to train, and help me to train, and learn how to praise You, and learn how to praise You in a way that pleases You, in a way that pleases You. Teach me to praise, teach me to praise into victory, into victory, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen.